from making motorbikes to creating furniture, our guest today has had a very interesting journey. Tony Cordolia started out as a participant on season 1 of MTV Roadies, then worked as a stunt guy in the Doom movie series, eventually moving on to studying industrial design. Today he's a woodworker and the head of production at Josmo Studio, a furniture design brand based in Goa. We spoke to him about his love for making things with his own hands and his journey into the interior design industry. As a woodworker, he's also the perfect person to explain the varieties of wood furniture available in the market and how to make the best choice for your specific needs. The conversation moved into sustainability in design, DIY, the essential components of a toolbox that you can have at home and a lot more. We hope you get to learn from the conversation as much as we did. I'm your host Rachna Nakra and you are listening to the Let's Talk Decor podcast. Hi Tony, thank you so much for joining us. Hello Rachna, how are you doing? I'm good. So Tony, I think you have one of the most interesting career trajectories in the interior design space that I have heard of. So I want our listeners to know more about how you went from being a motorbike maker to being a woodworker and furniture maker today. In between there is some roadies and doom films as well, so I want to know all of it. In terms of being a maker, um I was I've, I've, as my parents tell me I've been making since I was very little. Right? They tell me when your sister was just born you quickly went to make her a pencil box out of a tin can a pencil holder or something so making has apparently been in my system since since day 1 um that eventually went into being a skateboarder and figuring out with putting lights under my skateboard and stuff eventually went to four wheels then kind of cycles took into place so i started working with bicycles a little bit changing a few things to make some stunt bikes because they weren't available in india i moved here at the age of 10 right from uh, Iran where I was born but I'm Armenian so uh, eventually that turned into motorcycles and um as a as a motorcycle rider something a true bred motorcycle rider will never have his motorcycle stock what do you mean? always want to customize it because ah, okay. it's an identity right as part of it's a it's a it's a it's it's part of you so you always want it to be a different sort of an extension you don't want to have the same person having the same thing that you do So the little tinkering here and there started happening. While I was doing that, this is college time, and I had other people ask me, "Hey, can you do this to our bikes too?" I was like, "Yeah, sure. You know, why not?" Um, I was 15, 16 years old, right? Uh, I know it's a bit early to have motorcycles, but I kind of worked my way to it. Um, and <laughs> we are so not reporting that. They've caught me enough times. The Pune, the Pune police know me very well. <laughs> Um yeah so by the time by the time I was 17 let's say I had close to about 10 15 motorcycles under my parking we had this little every every uh, what do you call one of those communities that we live in right or societies every building has their own parkings the way everybody does so my parking was converted into a garage and I had this little one your godrej steel box cupboard you know and that was my garage and uh, i had just bikes i would buy second hand bikes and do them up because we had also a lot of uh, persian and arab students in in pune studying uh, different forms of whatever education but there was a lot of them so 
So I used to buy secondhand motorcycles, clean them up, paint them, give it a different headlight, a little bit, you know, customize them, and then sell them to them for a decent amount of money. That's what really got me into making. And the small headlight became, oh, can I make this part? Then it became working with fiberglass, you know, and which was actually a big take on where that doom part you said comes in later. That basically, that was life. That was motorcycling, racing, stunting, making. That was life till I was about 21, till there was an audition for roadies. And um, and you thought you had found your calling? I, I just saw it said, Vina Charisma. <laughs> That's all I cared about. <laughs> Charisma, said, you mean that bike, right? That bike, right? Okay. And I had just bought, I had one of the first Charismas in Pune. So I went for the audition with my Charisma. So I was very excited about this. And um, yeah, the old luck took it. I became part of the show. Um, eventually, yeah, one one more bike through that. So I had two Charismas. And uh, the more, the merrier for us bikers. Because then we can have two different versions of each. Um, so once that was happening, um, so uh, one of the DOP on roadies said, hey, why don't you... Um, you do stunts on the show, and I've seen you do the stunts. You want to do this for a profession? Why not? He said, "Okay, I'm giving you. I'm giving your number to this action director, who turned out to be Alan Amin. Alan Amin is one of India's biggest stunt directors. who did Doom and Rang the Basanti and many other films. And he gave me a call, and he said, "I've gotten your number. Come here. I'm doing a shoot." So I went to this one. I don't know what the name of the movie was, but it was inside um, in Bombay. It was in a juvenile prison, and it was an Amitabh Bachchan movie. So he was there as well. And they were doing a stunt scene over there. And he said, okay, can you do some wheelies and show me what you can do? I popped a few wheelies. Mr. Amitabh was also watching. And he's like, no, let's put some lights and all. Turned out into a half an hour stunt show. Wow. And that took me into the world of stunts. In, uh, I finally started getting paid for the bikes that I was destroying. It always came out of my pocket <laughs> <laughs> on the street. So finally, we were being given these nice bikes, like those stunts with them. We used to crash them and we didn't have to pay for it. I was like, wow. Okay, That's the dream. Good. That's the dream. Um, so yeah, that became life for a while. Um, till I was about 26. I did that from that was about 21, 22. Till I was 26. And um, started, I really wanted to actually be a motorcycle designer. And all my friends had gone. I'd finished commerce. Like we all had just three choices, right? We had commerce, arts, or science, usually what we had to study. And so these new schools of design weren't there in India then. And um, friends had gone to study. I was like, okay, I want to study motorcycle design. So I tried to go to Italy, couldn't afford it. And a bunch of my friends said, hey, why don't you study industrial design with us in Malaysia? And I was like, put the figures together. It worked. I was like, yeah, you know, um, went there, studied industrial design, came back to India quite a few, about 2014. And a friend of mine who also is an amazing designer, his name is Kunal Sailorkar. He owns a studio called Studio House and he has brands called Koi Toy and Koi Boy. And Koi as a general, the three different categories. And he was making a sample flat and he was struggling with this one bed. I was always good in the university, in the workshop with my hands and stuff, you know. I was, so I was in model making and I was like, oh, we should do this, this, this. So that bed turned into a conversation of a, a workshop. That workshop became multiple workshops after I set up his and stuff and worked with other people and eventually became a full-blown factory where with uh, what I do with Joswana. Uh, so a few years ago, then you found yourself in Goa looking for a space to start a workshop for Josmo. 
So uh, can you tell us what is your role at Josmo and how far are you involved in the actual furniture making process? So my role with there started with designing the factory and setting it up completely, right? The entire flow, the machinery, what tools, every single piece that there is in the Josmo's factory in terms of equipment and how it's laid out is something that I've designed. So I, I design in multiple spaces. And let's say I don't design the final furniture itself, but I will tell you what sections to use, how to join it together. And what is most important is the design, the manufacturing of the design, step by step, designing how the production line works, how the different departments speak to each other. At what given time do you want to finish this piece so that it reaches there on time? Then these guys have to finish that and what that process is. That's the form of design which I, I look after completely. We recently did a tour of your home and there were a lo- number of pieces that were very much designed by you. Well, they were very DIY pieces for your home. So obviously you you also enjoy rolling up your sleeves and just really designing pieces of furniture. So uh, it, it, just if there are reader, uh, listeners of ours who are interested in that, what is a starting point to sort of just make a basic, say for example, like you have a basic bar at home or a shoe rack. How do you get started into this woodworking process? All that information that you require for doing anything in today's day and age is available on one single platform. YouTube? Yes. <laughs> My entire career okay, is off YouTube. And I'm not joking. I'm an industrial designer, but I wasn't taught how to make furniture. Right? We, knew, we made a few little tiny things, but that's not where I learned. I learned it all off YouTube. I understand the tools and stuff like that, what machines and all, and I've been blessed to be able to have these sort of tools with me. But the amount of DIY videos online is ridiculous. Like it's a university. We don't need universities no more, I think, in some of these fields. You can just get it off YouTube. But the, the, what I can say is that understand what you want, basic measurements, understand size, proportion is something to understand first. Right. So when you're looking at a certain piece that you want to make, understand how it's going to fit in the space, whether it's drawing it up on a piece of paper or just taking anything that you can block off that area so that you get an idea of what this unit is going to look like. And then post that from the inspirations that you see online, because our listeners and all, not a lot of them are going to be uh, avid makers. Right. So if they see a section of piece, section of piece of wood, they won't really understand what to do with it. So they need a tutorial. They need a video of a design and inspiration so that they can go along with this. So my, uh, my suggestion is get online. They will give you step by step, even the tools that you require. Okay, there's, there's this uh, amazing channel called uh, Modern Build. And he does things with like maybe four tools. He'll have a hand cutter, a drill machine, one screwdriver, and... Uh, some sanding machine. That is about it. But he'll build beds, he will build shoe racks, he will build ottomans, he will build side tables, pull out beds. The nice thing about America though is, and North America and Europe, is that the shops that you go to, you get to get sections of wood already cut for you. So you get two by fours, one by twos. These sections are already available for them. And there's a lot of hardware as well. The difference here is that you have to go to the sawmill. Go to your normal sawmill. Over here in India, say, I have this section. You know, it will cut. So it's not a 
big uh, thing. They just charge 50 rupees, 100 rupees more. But he will, is it be 100% true? No. But you don't require that for the house. So with a, with a few basic tools, um, like a, a saw machine, a sanding machine, and a drill, you can do a lot in the house by just watching a few videos. You know, you're making it sound very easy and actually very inspiring. So, you know, for our listeners who are on the fence or wondering why should they make a piece as, a piece as opposed to just buy it online because now you get so many things for even cheaper, what is, what is the pleasure in sort of making something for yourself or by yourself? See, the, in today's day and age, a lot of us, even our furniture has become fast furniture, like how fast fashion is. We want it now, we want it then, we want to change it, we want it that. It wasn't like this back in the day, though. We were very hands-on people. To be, for me, it's the gratification of me, myself. Like, I have a piece which is in front of me right now that I'm looking at. It's the first piece that I made for myself when I moved to India from the first workshop, from the waste wood that was at that workshop. And it's this little cubed piece. For me, it's a gratification. If you make something on your own, it's also a point of discussion. Right? Somebody came in, oh, you made this, I made this. You become, you're proud of something. You've worked with your hands, you've created. Creation is a very powerful thing. A lot of people in today's world don't create in any form. And if, for me, actually, I go through depression. Like if I, if I don't make something uh, now and then, it's actually my state that I get depressed. So I have to run into the factory and whatever it is. I have to randomly even cut, not let's say even make something. Just even just cut a piece of wood. It still gives that that I've worked with my hands. So I, I mean, I tell everybody, go out because you'll be surprised at your own skill. Everybody's usually just scared. I don't know what, and we are scared of failure, 100%. I've failed many times. I have spoiled so many pieces of furniture. I have destroyed so many things. But it is through that that you learn and you become better and better and better at it. I am in the workshop with my boys here at the factory. When we have our big orders, I'm there, in there with them, in the same state. Come home, when your shower is black water. You know, just sawdust coming off you. But it's about being in it. And um, I like that. I personally enjoy it a lot. And somebody has to do, has to enjoy it. I know a lot of people who don't even like to get there. I've had people come, architects and all come, or interior designers. And as soon as little bit sawdust has come on them, and they're like, you're in the wrong field. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you shouldn't have studied this. <laughs> you should have become a lawyer or something. <laughs> yes, I completely agree. There is a certain satisfaction in making things on, on your own. And I know that even our uh, listeners are, um, because some of the most popular content on our website is the DIY content that we pro produce. Um, so keeping that in mind, for people who are starting out, do you have any suggestions in terms of creating a toolbox at home. You, you spoke about uh, somebody who makes things with four tools. Do you have, uh, what are the basic tools that somebody can have in their toolbox? Even if it is just about, you know, drilling the wall to hang your own painting or just Correct. basic that's fixes the around the house. That is the basic, right? Everybody should be able to drill a hole in the wall. Where the rest of the world does it, India is just waking up to the idea, which is great. It's finally waking up to the idea. What you require is uh, online on Amazon and stuff like that. You get these um, drill machines. It's called an impact drill. The reason it's called an impact drill is there are two types of drill. There's a normal drill, 
and then you have to put it on the hammer side which is the impact so that it can go through concrete and within that you get these Bosch drill machines for about 3000 rupees if I'm not mistaken and within that it has a bunch of drill bits for wood metal and concrete and um, it'll have a basic bunch of tools in there same machines are available for even 600 rupees with the same amount of tools inside please don't buy them like just i'm just going to save your money because i mean even iron cost 40 in today's market today's rate is roughly about 48 bucks a kilo <laughs> okay like i don't understand how a drill machine all those tools like you understand one like you take one of those ratchets you turn one bolt and it slips and it's done you know your money is down to the base so my father taught me this a long time ago if you're going to spend money spend it one time you know i'm not telling you to ask the same machine can be bought up to a lakh 20 right but for about 3k you get this nice so buy a drill machine buy a impact drill machine toolkit it comes with everything in it um what is also nice to have is a small saw, a hand cutter saw, which again is about a thousand rupees. So this I'm talking about. Let's let's put a toolkit together for about fifteen thousand rupees. Okay, so we're at four already, four and a half. Um, for about six thousand rupees, you'll get a sanding machine, an orbital sander, which goes round and round at the base, and is sanding discs. And um, you can actually see uh, we were about ten thousand rupees there. For two k, you will get a multi-tool box which will have different ratchets and bolts and stuff like that in it, so you can do some of your plumbing work. Even that stuff is easy. You don't understand it, watch the YouTube. Ask, and it's just keywords. How to plumb. You can even write just that. Right? Just keywords. Put the keywords in, you will see it. You know, Put the Teflon tape first, then bring the bolt. You know, it's really easy, step by step. Um, Few screwdrivers and here which you'll get with your toolkits, you know, a tester to check whether your electrical lines are saying. But yeah, for about 10 to 15,000 rupees, you can start making things in the house easily. From making to buying, now that you are a repository of information about all things good, um, and I want to ask you some basic questions. Also, because you said that your father told you it's it's always best to spend your money once on so there are people who want to do that, who want to buy something that lasts a really long time. And then there are people who would love to change up their living room every four years or five years or even maybe lesser. So they don't want to spend a lot on what they're buying. So how can you tell me how does one identify what is the best kind of furniture to buy in terms of the material of the wood? how it's made that you know will last a long time and then maybe something that's not as expensive and how to how to tell the difference um see we can we can break this up into two segments we can say furniture that is solid wood where to buy solid wood items where to buy first a paneled items which is your plywood and your chipboards and stuff like that right um if you want to come when it comes to your fixed furniture your dining tables your chairs um your coffee tables and stuff like that, right? Which are movable, not sorry, your loose furniture. These are stuff that you want to go with more, the nicer timbers. Your hardwoods in general, right? Teak, white ash that we use, oaks, uh, maple. Uh, maple is in the middle. These are generally your hardwoods, right? Any tree that is 
forever green through all seasons your mango your pine trees these are softwoods so there's a nice way to identify between hardwoods and softwoods even within their own country right a softwood will always be green leaves a hardwood during the winter and fall will lose all its leaves hardwoods in general because they are higher in density will outlive your softwoods completely that's a that's a basic way of so you can ask them ask the shop is this a hardwood is this a softwood if it tells you it's mango know that it's only going to last you a few years right there's a couple of things also we can talk about the softwoods available in india sadly in india we don't have a forestry we never we never grew a lot of um, trees and all we had a lot of trees but they were all cut but nothing was in, replaced you know so we we have run out there's nothing available and whatever we are taking out is from the forest and stuff so we end up using things like mango wood mango wood in general is sweet for it to become sustainable to use within inside a house without the borers and um, termites attacking it even though termites come from the ground not from like a tree to floor ground not the house the furniture they are still pressure treated with chemicals they put in big chambers dumped a lot of chemicals inside and brought out dried and then made into a piece of furniture and put inside the house for because it's cheap that's why it's cheap the wood is abundant the more exotic the timber gets the price increases the hardwoods are because they're the way they're they're grown for a much longer time they're not so easily available you know um there's a reason why our old teak furniture is still around nothing has happened to it even though it's been around in these decapitated houses where roofs have fallen apart and the furniture just thrown together and stuff but they're still around why because it's full of oil that wood it's a hard wood full of oil insects don't like it you know they're used for all our old uh, all the old burma teak that is there in today's world is used from the back those scaffoldings that you see on top that they are removed from old homes over there they all are 150 200 years old in the house the tree itself was for 500 years old and they're safe from humidity as well yeah yeah they stay they don't they don't swell up swell down that much you know they stay there but in india you get a lot of wood a lot of solid wood from rubber wood because we grow rubber in india but that timber is it's like it's just breathing non stop you know you see it i i don't work with it because i don't know if tomorrow it's going to be straight or flat, like curved and joints open up if you do a finish on it it sort of breaks apart um so i would advise using nicer solid wood um furniture for the interiors of your place which is your tables and stuff like that the people who want to keep their furniture for a long time right but when it comes to cupboards a lot of people are buying solid wood cupboards for instance wardrobes you can't do that the panels are too big then they are they wonder why they don't shut properly all the time there's a reason also we created uh, plywood the reason we created plywood is because we got tired of solid wood moving around it's an it's, it's nature so in the i i i have to see at you have to really be at a factory to understand the pain of a maker where you've made a table it's flat you've looked at it you're like wow that's a nice table you come you leave it you come back next morning and it's like bored wow completely and then you wait again and you see in the afternoon as the humidity is dropping it's again bowing downwards it goes in the evening it's again flat so there's a reason plywood was in the uh, invented but yes post that we've also created some other materials that is not so nice like chip boards and particle boards um we'll get to that in a bit 
So if you're doing wardrobes, kitchens and stuff, usually plywood furniture or even consoles because they're flat, they're large areas, so buy uh, plywood furniture there works just fine. I personally like to avoid laminates and all, anything that is plastic because anything that is plastic is chemical induced. Even the plywood and all itself, it has glues, all your glues depending on, again now, how many brands do we know and the ethos that they're using? Are they buying the cheapest plywood, which is using the really cheap glue or is he buying the expensive? You can actually never know. So tell me about the glue and the chemicals in it and how it affects um, us. Every, every type of glue or structure uh, item that is made, basically, whatever you have in your house, everything from your carpets to your pillows to your wardrobes to anything that is brought into your house from outside has had a process in making, which usually has some form of gluing or bleaching or cleanup. These are different types of polymerides. I, I hope okay. I said that right. You have to see me during my presentation in university. <laughs> my last year thesis was under pollution. And um, not a lot of people know this. Our inside air is dirtier than our outside air. Yes, I have done some reading on this as well. Yeah, because we all believe that, you know, close the windows, everything, but no. So again, so all these items that we bring inside have a certain amount of carbon footprint that they emit for a certain while. Plywood's up to six months. Carpets about four or five months as well, you know. You're basically, even your linens and stuff like that that have been cleaned with the bleaches and dyed and stuff, who knows who's using organic or not. India is not so controlled. Yeah, we've only world. just started talking about uh, uh, toxins in personal care products. We haven't even reached yeah. uh, in terms of even conversation about uh, furniture and decor products. Rasha, there is zero understanding of any of this with any manufacturer. He doesn't care. Because we are so price conscious over here. He just wants the cheapest price, but there's also no governing body. All these products that we really bring in the house, like you said, we've just woke, gone into, but we have to go much further. We have to understand regarding this cheap furniture that is made within India, especially a lot of stuff that is now made in particle board. What is particle board? It's in the name. I, as a woodworker, as a solid wood company, I produce a lot of sawdust. This sawdust is picked up, chips are picked up by these companies or they buy fresh wood. I mean, the bigger the company, obviously, they're so big, they just buy the wood and they make them into little tiny particles and they glue all of this together. You know, just make it all wet, make a nice malaya all of, all of it and just pressurize it and make them into the sheet. What is that sheet? It's a bunch of wood chips with a lot of glue. Anything like your kitchen cabinets and stuff like that, you can use chipboards. Anything that you're going to fit one time and never open again. Because even that in a way is being sustainable, right? You're using yes. waste. Yes, 100%. So there are sustainable options of these materials. And again, they are a lot more stable materials. So they don't have service to do. They're easily repairable. So there are 100% benefits to them as well. But in terms of a life thing, again, an, a, a particle board cover, uh, kitchen unit Attach it, put your hinges inside, put your screws. Once you put those screws inside, you can maybe remove them one time again. But the second or third time you remove that, you try to move it around, that hole is done. There is no more nothing to hold it together. So it's going to start falling apart. And again, cheaper the brand, the cheaper the glue, it'll start expanding with moisture. So stay with brands who are relevant. Please ask them what sort of 
check out the certification of the materials that they're using. You what know, is the glue we should them. be looking for? What can we ask? No, let's see, there is, you, there's, uh, any of the, Pedalite has just moved in making some of the nicer glues in India. But the foreign glues uh, that we use is Henkel. Henkel's uh, glues are pretty nice. But what is running heavily in India right now is Henkel. Henkel is by a company um, who does, um, is being in the gluing solution for a very long time. And they do everything from uh, Fevequick all the way, like your super glues, all the way to your wooden glues, uh, just like Pedalite is. Uh, but they're a lot more advanced. They're a German company. But yeah, um, just be conscious about the brands that we are buying and the things that we are buying. Again, for when it comes to wardrobes and stuff like that, stick with sheet goods. Avoid these solid wood furniture that is not because those doors, especially in high humidity areas, they will jam because it expands and contracts. And if you, if you like the look and you're okay with that, just understand that that's part of the nature. You know, as living in Goa, you learn these things. You know, your door suddenly is on shut. You know that, okay, this is the rainy season now. Everything's going to get stuck, for instance, you know. Um, people get scared with wooden furniture. They see mold on it. They're like, oh, it's molding. It's not an issue. Just wipe it off, you know. There's another thing actually I would like to speak about. Uh, it's about finishes. Um, we at Josmo, uh, we mostly use oil finishes. So we use a company called Rubia Monocoat. Um, across the world, oil finishes is what everybody does. Uh, they're easily repairable. They're spot, friend they're spot repairable, so you don't have to sand the whole thing. Um, and also they are um, zero VOC, volatular chemicals. What does that mean? means there are no chemicals inside and then volatile chemicals so um, uh, there are no hardeners or the, your different um, binders and stuff like that or agents to make a hardener anything that has a hardener inside it any paint like a pu paint has a paint code and then it has this top clear coat which is acrylic based right or whatever their form is their little mix up of their portion is but it has a hardener inside that hardener is usually an activator that activator is a chemical based uh, compound uh, every company is differs from each other, many. Um, so P avoid PUs in the house, polyurethane finishes. India loves PU. We, we love PU. Yeah. Um, I personally don't like it because then what's the point of buying solid wood furniture if you're going to put this plastic film on it? I agree. You can't, you can't feel yours. You know, it's nature. You've bought nature in your house. Feel the grain, feel the wood, feel the energy that it gives you. And I'm saying this while I'm playing with my... Burma teak launcher that I'm sitting on, <laughs> which was previously, this is an old heritage Parsi unit that I'm sitting on, which I believe is also very old. And it used to be in this horrible India ka hatka polish, where um, sort of joke is that I say to my boys is that a carpenter in India never actually gives birth to his own creation ever. Because what we do, what the practice here has been is the carpenter makes it. And then whatever the gaps and all, he doesn't really finish it properly. Whatever it is, he gives it all to the polished guy. Now the polished guy is the guy in the mood where, you know, he's the birth giver. You know, he will choose whatever color that day. He'll take a bunch of powders that they take. And I've seen this, you know. And there'll be this beautiful teak wood that is like 8,000 rupees a CFT in today's market. A lot of money for this timber. And they'll take this color they'll make is usually brown or browner <laughs> than <laughs> or this maroon 
and vinyl will go to black. Yeah. And they'll just polish it with that cloth. They mix it with the thing and thinner and all with the thin and thinner is also chemical. You know, and you can't smell and they just paste this thing and then they'll do a sealer coat on top and done. You can't see the grain anymore. You can't see nothing. It's just an outer shape. So these chairs used to be that dirty hard car polish, black polish. And I remember I sent, I mean, I, I was traveling and I sent this to the boys and I'm like, when you have some free time, just please remove, scrape this shit off. And they did. And then I came back, my house helped. She's like, sir, you have furniture. I was like, no. She's like, sir, this is I was like, no, 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 who are offering oil finishes and international companies who come down to India. German is there, we've got Australian, we've got a guy, we've got an amazing company coming down from Denmark, can't say the name yet because they haven't launched, but um, they claim to be purely no chemical whatsoever in their product. And companies that come from Europe here, um, they have strict uh, emission levels, right? So all their stuff and all has to be A plus grade, even for like even when talk about emissions, the architect, the homes of the people in Europe and North America, you know that they have to test the, the way the air circulates inside the house. Oh really? That only yeah, yeah. They they have to check all of that. People come and check this. They're saying there's enough fresh air coming into the bedrooms or not. Fresh air coming there, how's the air rotation coming? What is the sort of products that you've used within your house? Then only your house is passed, otherwise it's not passed. Here we have let's just build the wall. <laughs> Yes, but we are moving forward. That's the nice part. Yeah, I'm sure now. I mean, we have listeners who are looking at organic food and using natural yeah. fabrics and looking at the toxins in their personal care products. I think you've inspired all of us to also look into the furniture pieces that we have in, in our homes and the toxins that might be in those. Uh, mm. So thank you for that. So mm. now we've discussed uh, making, we've discussed buying. So let's move into the last part of it. Taking care of furniture. How should we take care of our furniture? It's not rocket science. Wipe it clean. Just with a don't use really wet cloths on solid wood furniture. A lot of people use really damp cloths. Don't use that. Even though the finishes that we put on it has our finish does like a micro um, nano. It's based on nanotechnology, so it does, does it does molecular bonding within 1.5 millimeter of the wood. So avoid really wet cloths. Um, Wipe your furniture often. You don't want the molds to be on it. You don't want your things to grow on it. Please wipe the underneath of furniture. A lot of people just do uparka. Let's do at the bottom as well and the backs. <laughs> um, what is nice now that is available for a lot of the, let's say people who want to get nicer, lighter fabrics. So now you get these nanotechnology sprays. You get them in cans or you get them serviced. You type it on Google nanotechnology spray for furniture. Somebody will come to your house and spray this coating on your... And they don't get dirty anymore. Is that spray safe? Yeah. It's not bad. It's not... It's not. See, little bit chemicals are... We, we can't run away from it. Just be natural. 
try to buy natural products you know stay away from plastics and stuff like that buy natural products you know the earth is has the, the mother earth has given us everything that we require you know with growing and now we've also learned to make like leather from mushrooms you know so we are very smart we we have some cool things that we've been doing off late and uh, i i see great hope going ahead in terms of the even your things that we use right so we are looking at how can like for me foam upholstery is still a high toxin area i can't move away from it you know the foam is still required i can't we are not japanese we don't like to sit on the ground you know on like slate we, we we like to sit on cushions and stuff and soft things and mattresses and stuff but there is no way of running away from it so products are becoming better the environment environment is becoming a little more conscious um main thing is the human race uh, i mean the buyers have to become more conscious about it it's the only way the change will happen so be conscious about that the type of wood that you would there's something we forgot to speak about can we talk about it now in terms of a timber yeah i've been sure. seeing this timber also being used in india um it's called sleeper wood the term sleeper wood i would tell our listeners to highly avoid this and also tell this to anybody else that is that what is a sleeper wood sleeper wood is the, under old railway tracks used to be a piece of wood before it got turned into a piece of concrete that they put now still we have a lot of railway tracks that have this piece of wood on them this piece of wood is usually a hard wood in india they used a lot of sal and babul and uh, acacia um, was the latin name these because they were outdoors and they were on tracks and they have ants and life thing they were filled with a lot of chemicals and oils now we've been buying these sawmills that means because they're slightly worn out and we are into this whole rustic look we in people are proposing this sawmills are proposing it uh, architects and interior designers are um, not so great with material selection i mean they don't understand the process they are mostly just looks wise um i've met few who are uh, understand it well but it is to me till date and i'm saying this only with my experience right 2 out of 10 architects or interior designers understand their material and what the differences are um, maybe it's not part of the education i don't know you know i, I would love to understand i'm soon going to start it starting talks in schools and stuff to get more making them under, study the material see what's out there um Anyway, so going back to sleeper wood. So sleeper wood has got a lot of chemicals inside it, a ton of it. And I know people who personally got respiratory issues after getting, and they were wondering, because this was actually started with a friend of mine. I was in Dubai, and we were in some furniture store, and we and we saw a very fancy furniture store, one on Marina, really expensive, thousands of dollars per piece. A lot of sleeper wood in it, you know. Uh, as a show piece in the center of it so my friends said yeah my friends bought all of that we are talking about it's like yeah recently they've all the daughter got asthma they started coughing it's the wood they removed the wood from their house few months later the issue started going away they don't allow like we do avoid if you see sleeper wood as a furniture please avoid it it's very harmful and nobody knows this and every sawmill is selling it and every designer wants to buy it yeah there is a certain responsibility with the makers and the manufacturers and there is a responsibility that we as consumers can take we can become more aware and take small steps towards changing what we consume 
um so thank you so much tony for making us aware of that and i think we had a really fun and informative chat so thank you for taking time out for this thank you so much it was great has this conversation inspired you to roll up your sleeves and create something we do believe there's a special pride and pleasure in creating something for yourself to use in your own home every day and tony certainly made it sound simple so you get started on that toolbox and we'll meet again on the next episode of let's talk decor You just listen to the Let's Talk Decor podcast with your host Rachna Nakra. Follow our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Let's Talk Decor is an initiative from beautifulhomes.com, which is India's largest decor and design platform and is a part of Asian Paints. Beautiful Home Services brings customized interior design to everyone. allowing clients to create their dream homes with expert designers with the end-to-end management guarantee that's part of Asian Paints. If you'd like to know more about Beautiful Home Service and everything else under the decor category in Asian Paints, then do log on to beautifulhomes.com. This episode of Let's Talk Decor is produced by Nikhil Dintakurti and sound design partner Smart Voice Studio.